following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this is the Players' Lounge. Broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Now your hosts, Barry Church, Danny McRae, and Nui Scruggs. Here we go, Thursday Players Lounge, brought to you by Hotels.com. I'm Nui Scruggs, longtime Cowboys reporter, joined by former safeties Barry Church and Danny McRae. We've got 45 minutes of professional football talk. We key in on the Dallas Cowboys, who have a noon game against the San Francisco 49ers on Sunday. That means I got to get out of the house like 9.30 to get on down here for this game. Mm. So, um, yeah, it was supposed to be a Sunday night game on NBC. You know, (laughs) 7 o'clock, waiting all day for Sunday night. Now it's uh, Mm. get on up in the morning and get ready for a brunch kickoff game between the Cowboys and 49ers. Maybe you're not bothered by it. Clearly, Jalen Smith of the Cowboys, not bothering him at all, as Jalen was asked about this, and he said, quote, if the owner ain't tripping, we good. <laughs> Talking about being moved from prime time to the noon game and being flexed out for, wait a minute, wait a minute, Cleveland and the New York Giants. Oof. Gentlemen, mm, I'm just going to read to you. I'm going to read to you what one gentleman told me. Okay, I asked. I asked a, a, a veteran, a person who's been around the Cowboys for a long time, knows Jerry Jones very well, and I, I sent. I sent you know, the same thing I said to you guys that I retweeted on Twitter, and this person said, "Noon starts are the graveyard of mediocrity, the weekly home of the non-contenders." The Cowboys have embraced their new identity. Sad. Thoughts? Mm. I'm going to tell you what, man. You, you write about, whoever told you that was right about the mediocrity thing. Because I tell you what, when I was in Jacksonville, that's all we had was 12 o'clock games. I mean, we scratched and we clawed to try to get even a 3 o'clock afternoon start. And I think we had maybe two of those throughout my whole time down there in Jacksonville. So th- this is not where the Cowboys want to be. I mean, this is supposed to be America's team. This is supposed to be the, the ratings are supposed to be spiked when the Cowboys uh, touch the field. But. I mean, I, I guess I guess the, the lore is gone. I mean, when you go four and nine so far this season, I mean, things start to get snatched away from you. And now we got the Sunday night getting pulled for a Cleveland and New York game. I mean, I, how the mighty have fallen, D-Mac, how the mighty have fallen. You know, listen, it's, it, it's the first time. Right? It's, it's a rough season. You don't have Dak. You know, your team's underperforming. And Cleveland, all of a sudden, is playing well enough to be flexed on Sunday night because this might be the first year they've been in the playoffs since since I don't know when. You know, so this is a really big game. I don't think this is something that will continue to happen to the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, this is is one of the off years. So I think Jalen was okay with his – his response was, I think, worded wrong, but he should not be worried about being flexed uh, to 12 o'clock. No, he should be worried about playing the best football that he could play. I don't think it's that big of a deal, but, you know, like Nui said, it, it's never happened. So this is a sign that, you know, the, the same old stuff that happens with the Cowboys to where you can you can be a below 500 team and people still going to watch and all that stuff. It, this may be changing. So th- th- this may be that little kick in the butt that we need, you know, t- to get things right so we can stay in those primetime games. Here's my thought process when I hear what Jalen says, and I'll repeat it. If the owner ain't tripping, we good. 
Yeah, he, it was it was right or wrong. He, he said I mean, it all wrong. <laughs> the 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 thought process through the years has been, hey, forget the head coach because when these guys have a a direct line to Jerry, that's what they care about. They don't care what the head coach says. And this goes back to Troy Aikman, who hated Chan Gailey's offense and went straight to to Jerry to get Chan Gailey going. Uh, Deion Sanders had that pipeline. And Romo had that pipeline. And and, and it just seems as though, from what I'm reading from this with Jalen Smith, is, hey, man, you know, Jerry's cool. You know, Jerry and I are cool. I got my contract, man. You know, forget it. No. No. Man, have some personal pride. Your season is so bad. That the one network who always wants you on is said, yeah, man, we can't even put these dudes on. You're that bad. And you're like, hey, man, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool that we fall down. What is he supposed to say? What, what, like, what, what, what would be your ideal response to that, to that question? The, the fact that they asked him the question anyways, but what would be your ideal response? He should have said, he should have said, you know what, you know, that's something I can't control. I'm focused on the game in San Francisco. That's what, that's all he had to say and let it go. I'll take there. that. I mean, I, the what the guy over there talking about, you know, hey, if he, and I could picture, I didn't see this, but I can picture how he okay. handled it. I can see him just laughing about it. <laughs> hey, well, look, man, what Jerry say? He ain't say, man, I ain't worried about it then. Like that whole nonchalant attitude from one of your leaders is just something you can't have. I mean, and we wonder why the Cowboys are 409 right now. We wonder why the Cowboys have one of the worst defenses in NFL history. I mean, when you got guys doing things like this, it's just, it's just, it ain't gonna work out. It's just not. Nui, Nui, is that is that is that an acceptable answer for you, Nui? No, here's more. I'm gonna give you more from Jalen Smith. This comes from um, Michael Gelkin of the Dallas Morning News. Jalen said, "Quote: Honestly, I didn't know that until now. My thoughts right now. Um, this is my right. My thoughts." Right uh, off the top is it's a business. I don't focus on what's happening in the future. I'm embracing each moment, each day. So that was more from his thoughts about the Cowboys being moved from uh, prime time with the 49ers. But I'm just telling you, my, my opinion, and I've seen this a lot longer than you guys because I've covered this team going back to when Jimmy Johnson was head coach, is this mentality of dudes thinking, hey, man, I'm just, I'm just taking whatever Jerry says is cool. Um, I'll just play off that. And also, this acceptance of, hey, man, we're at the 12 o'clock spot now. I mean, this is, I remember years when the Cowboys may have only had, you know, one or two 12 o'clock starts. I remember when I had a new boss at TV, and, and this guy had once worked in Minnesota, and he was trying to tell me that, hey, what you need to do is go to these games in the NFC East and fly home immediately after and come do the late show. And I had to explain to him, Dude, in Minnesota, you guys played a lot of noon games. This is the Cowboys. Most of the games are going to start at 3 o'clock if it's not a 7 o'clock game. You know, the Cowboys are America's team. They don't play a lot of primetime games. Why? Because the networks want them on. The networks fight to keep them on. And when you get dropped down to this and you're just like, hey, man, it's all good. It's cool. I just find that, just like what this person said, this is accepting mediocrity, Danny. And that's how I feel about it. It should be accepting mediocrity. I, listen, I, I feel you. I, listen, and I, like I said, I think his response was off the beginning of it anyways. I like the second part that you read. I really don't. As a competitor and, and knowing some of these guys just, just a little bit, I don't think that they're really accepting it. I mean, the question was asked. He, he started off wrong. He finished it right. I think that it, it, it does still bother them. 
to be flexed to 12 and them to be losing and going four and nine and all that stuff. So I, I don't think they're accepting. I think they want to be better. Uh, you know, sometimes it just doesn't show on the field. But I, you know, I, I don't. I'm not going to put this against Jalen Smith to say that he's accepting the fact that they're four and nine and he's collecting his check and that he's just going to go on about his business because because Jerry said it's fine. Because one thing we do know, Nui, Jerry is not okay with this. <laughs> well, it, it, it's interesting. So, speaking of this game against the 49ers, in which the Niners are 5-8, and eight, Cowboys are 5-9, and nine, um, San Francisco favored in this football game by three. Defensively, what should the game plan be to stop this Niners football team and the wits that you're going to have to match <laughs> up against Kyle Shanahan, the head coach, who calls the plays and who's very good at it? Well, look, I, I think... Something that we're gonna that we're gonna have to do that we haven't done pretty much all season, and that's just play <laughs> decent run defense. I mean, look, take a page out of Marinelli's book. Whatever you got to do, get some stunting going on, get something to keep these linebackers clear to where they can just go out there and make plays. Because we know Kyle Shanahan loves the run game and he's creative with it. And what did what did we see last time we went against a creative run team in Baltimore? They gashed us with all those pulling guards, the ghost motions the counter looks that's all right up Kyle Shanahan's alley he's creative when it comes to the run game and they got three running backs back there that can tote the rock and you know that's all they're gonna do when it comes to this defense because we haven't stopped it all year so that if if it's my game plan and I'm going out there with this Cowboys defense I'm stacking the box man I don't believe in either Mullins or Beathard back there at quarterback I know they got Ayuka or I'm I'm sorry I butchered his name but they got the rookie receiver over there Ayuk they got the rookie receiver Ayuk out there they got Debo Samuel but I just don't trust the quarterback play. So I got to stack the box because I know Kyle Shannon's game is going to come with some type of creative run scheme to take advantage of our linebackers and try to confuse our linebackers and go out there and get big gains. We have to stop the run if we want any part of winning this game. And that's just defensively. I mean, uh, another fact, well, we'll talk about the offense another time, but defensively, we have got to stop the run or at least play <laughs> okay run defense. Talk about talk about wishful thinking. All right, this this is what if if you have to put out a game plan, like you said, church. If you have to put one out, if you have to go into the lab and try to figure out something to do, you're going to say yes. The same thing that we've been trying to get done for the first 13 weeks of the season: stop the run. Do I think it's going to happen? Absolutely not. Like you said, this is one of the most creative running attacks in the NFL. He's going to find a way to maximize any advantage that he has, and he's going to take advantage of the fact that we have not been able to stop the run inside. Our linebackers are catching on blocks in their eyes. They're seeing too much, so they're going this way and chasing stuff that they shouldn't be chasing. They're going to take advantage of all that, and unfortunately, our, our secondary really hasn't played enough to stop even second and third team uh, quarterbacks. So it's going to be a rough day for us. Um, so the offense is going to have to save us. That's that's my offense. That's my defensive game plan. Go in there and talk to Andy Dalton <laughs> and Kellen Moore and say, "Look, bro, y'all 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 do what y'all can to keep us off the field." And I think I think we can we can make a couple big big plays for y'all because they have been able to turn the ball over for the last few weeks. So will they put three linebackers on the football field? Something they didn't do against the Ravens. Yes, I would. I mean, look, I mean, I, I would. I put, I put Jalen, I put LVE out there, and I put Sean Lee out there. I mean, just for the simple fact that 
if any of those linebackers can dissect the run and try to help this this defense going forward, it's Sean Lee. I mean, he might not have the, the physical attributes to go out there and be a game disruptor like he used to be in the past, but he can at least get these linebackers lined up and going in the right direction because we're going to need to. I mean, we, we've seen what happens when these guys are going out there reading their keys. They're looking at way too much. And when you and Danny said it, when you look at a lot, you see a little. And when you see a little, you see a lot. And that's what I think Sean Lee can uh, provide with this linebacking core. Right. And hopefully, just hopefully go out there and do something against the run. Just don't let a guy coming off the street rush for 100 yards like we did against Cleveland church. and like we did against all these other teams. I mean, it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's hard. Come on, it's hard church. being a fan right we now. Just, we just we just talked about Shanahan being one of the most creative guys when it comes to calling plays. If you plan on going out there and running your base package for the entire game, you are going to get ran out of the stadium. <laughs> I can guarantee you. At least first and second down. <laughs> At least. <laughs> what if they come out eleven? What, what, what if they say, hey, we're we going to maximize the fact that, you know, we're we going to take advantage of LV and Jalen Smith. We're going to come out in 11 personnel, and we're still going to run power. We're still going to run counter. We're still going to run zone read. Are you putting your three linebackers out there when they when I can, 11 personnel on first look, and second down? I could live with, with Mullins and Beathard trying to beat us with our arm. I, I could live with that. If they go out there and throw for 300 and beat us because we're in base and they're in 11 personnel, hey, I, I could live with that. But if we go out there at base and they still just tromping going down the field on us, I mean, it's that's disheartening. That's like a stab in the heart right there. So I, I can live with the throwing, but I, I just can't. I can't do running up the gut for three hundred some yards. Man, I just can't do it. You, you hear this, Nui? You hear this? We, we've been known to give up the run for the entire season. So this week, we'd rather stop the run and let Nick Mullins beat us. Now I'm saying, listen, we ain't stopped the run all year. So why don't we figure out how to do what we've been able to do sometimes? Turn the ball over and cover some of these receivers because. You listen, like I said, now, wishful thinking for you to be able to think that you're going to be able to turn into a run-stopping team this week against a team that knows they're on their backup quarterback, so they have to run the ball. So here's a crazy question. Because you guys mentioned base defense. Do you think they'll start Tank Lawrence this week? Because when they ran out base defense last week <laughs> against Cincinnati, Man. he had to run off the field because <laughs> he says he's not a part of the base defense. Man, they, they better start D-Law. I'll tell you that right now. He's been their, their most consistent player these past couple weeks. He sparked the whole defense's takeaways last week by punching the ball out. He's your energy player. He's your guy. You paid him 20-something million dollars. There's no way in hell he should be on the sidelines to start this game. I don't care if you run out base, nickel, dime, special teams, whatever it is, he needs to be on the field to start this game. <laughs> yeah. I, okay. I, he, he's got, just, he, should. He, he should. He should. He should. He should. <laughs> Ain't no way. <laughs> just, just the hesitation man. in my just voice. Is, just wondering. The, the, the hesitation in my voice lets you know what's been going on all season. We have no idea. They've been hiding stuff since uh, training camp, trying to trying to be all incognito and not uh, let uh, not let people know what's going on. Then all of a sudden they run out here and don't uh, start Tank Lawrence. They hide too much, man. Let us see it so somebody can tell you, hey, bro, what y'all doing is wrong during the week. Y'all need to go ahead and reevaluate that before y'all get to the game on Sunday because that ain't making no sense. <laughs> all right, let's take our first break. Uh, Danny McCray wants a timeline now on, on the Mike McCarthy era in terms of he wants to know when is a deep playoff run coming, when is a Super Bowl appearance. Let's get to that. And I got a barking dog right outside my door here, my SWBC mortgage virtual home studio. So let me handle that. We'll be right back here on the Players Lounge. <laughs> 
Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at home pickup and delivery today. Just like all of you, we at Seeky can't wait until we're back in the stands at full strength cheering on the Cowboys and singing along to our favorite songs again. We're using this time to make discovering, buying, and selling tickets to events in Dallas easier. Plus, every ticket purchased on Seeky is protected by our buyer guarantee, which means you'll get your money back or better if your event is canceled. Guaranteed. Download the Seeky app today, and when the time is right, let's go. Seeky. The Cowboys way where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like, where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day, where we are all defined by one single thing, the star, where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. To the Players' Lounge. All right, AT&T continues to innovate new ways to connect Cowboys Nation with new and exciting game day experiences, including Starview, presented by AT&T 5G. Available in stadium and for home use. Download the Dallas Cowboys mobile app and look for Starview under the stadium tab. You are checking out the Players' Lounge, brought to you by Hotels.com, I'm Newey Scruggs, longtime Cowboys reporter, joined by Danny McCray and Barry Church, two former Dallas Cowboys safeties. Cowboys are 4-9, hosting the San Francisco 49ers Sunday at high noon at AT&T Stadium. <laughs> All right, uh, Danny, in our, our topics before the show, wanted to know and wants a timeline on Mike McCarthy and when Mike McCarthy is going to produce a deep playoff run and possibly a Super Bowl run. And when I got the question, I wanted from Barry. I absolutely laughed. I laughed at it. Let's just say Barry. Okay, here's why I laughed at it. Um, TCU once hired a basketball coach. His name was Trent Johnson. And I asked Trent, "How long before you make the NCAA tournament? Got a timeline at all?" And he he gave kind of a terse answer. That afterwards, when I meant to go meet him, the press conference, he said, "Oh yeah, you were the one that asked that dumbass question." Why is it a dumb question? It's like, you, you, you can't put no timeline on, on making a tournament. And I said, you know what? I remember when Jimmy Valvano took over NC State, said they win national championship in four years. They, they ended up winning national championship. So I'm sorry, you got a contract. And in your contract, is it legitimate to ask you when you think you'll take this team to an NCAA tournament? I mean, I don't think that's a crazy question at all because people kind of want to know what's the return on investment. 
So this question Listen, asking look, Mike McCarthy. Uh, all right, go ahead, Dan. No, no, look, no. What, what I was saying was I wanted to hear this. I wanted the church to answer this question because that's his guy, right? And they be having these oh. meetings in there. So and when, you know how people have those vision boards in the back of their office or something like that. I, I want to know if church saw yeah. that when he walked in there and he, if he can give us an idea of, of, of what is acceptable for him because he was the, the, the Kool-Aid man. And so I want to know what is acceptable <laughs> for him and Mike McCarthy and how, how his seasons should progress. How, how, how should we see them get better? Because will you accept another 4-12 and 12 season, which, which what we're we headed for right now? Nah, you see, you see I'm, I'm not accepting another 4-12 and 12 season. And like I told y'all, I went to my AA meetings and I got off the Kool-Aid. <laughs> I'm Kool-Aid free right now. Big Mike, I mean, that, that's still my boy, but he, he made me look bad. He made me look bad this season, so I'm off the Kool-Aid. But for me... Next year, to, to be considered a successful season and for him to keep going, I think he has to at least, at the very least, make a playoff appearance. I know they added another, another spot to that playoff, so he doesn't have to win a division, but he has to at least get into the playoffs. Because I'm, I'm sitting here saying, you know, people killed Garrett for going 8-8 eight and eight those three years and not making, it to the, not making it into the playoffs. And this guy was supposed to come in here, Big Mike being that, was supposed to come in here with his all-star coaching staff and all this talent we loaded up on this team, and we were supposed to go places. Now, we didn't expect COVID, and we didn't expect all these injuries to happen. That's why he kind of has a built-in excuse this year. But next year, it has to be, it has to be some type of movement. We got to go into the postseason, Whoa. or we got to win a division next year. I think so. Whoa. To be considered successful. Whoa. Oh, all this, right. Now, I this, think so. Now, ch church. Next year. Can I say this? Can I say this? Go ahead. Go ahead. If I'm listening to you, you're saying McCarthy has to make the playoffs next year, and you're the guy who says that the Cowboys should dump Dak Prescott and go get rookie Justin Fields. So you're saying with Justin yes. Fields. Yes, and bolster the defense. Play. And bolster the defense. Don't forget that part. Or else we're going to be out here with 5,000 yards and empty calories, 8-8, eight and eight, not making the playoffs because we can't stop Hello, nobody. Church. So I, it, church, back church. to what I was saying, I think he needs one more year and he's got to get to the playoffs. He got to make nah, a run. You, 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 listen, you got to define that a little bit better, man, because like we talked about yesterday, the record matters. You said this, all right, because a team from the okay. NFC East the could, make the, make the playoffs with five, could make the playoffs with five wins this season. So is a five-win playoff team good enough for you or does it have to be a real legit Good team that's looking at some like 10 and 6, 11 and 5, and then make the playoffs, right? Because you can still have a sorry season like we have it now. And I sent Nui the, the stuff earlier. We still are mathematically in the playoff hunt. Well, look, I'm going I'm to I'm put it like this. I don't think this this type of season in the NFC East is going to going to happen again next year. I mean, the last time we saw something like this where a terrible division winner ended up getting the playoffs, I think, was Seattle when they were seven and nine. And I think that was about maybe eight years ago, maybe nine years ago. So I don't think we'll see, you know, a terrible division make the playoffs like this each and every year. I think it'll be more competitive next year in the NFC East. And what I'm saying is I think we got to get into the playoffs. And if you want specifics. We gotta we, we gotta be over five hundred. We gotta at least be in that nine and seven, ten and six realm. And I think that's gonna get to the playoffs next year. And if he's able to do that, I consider that a success. We we can still have an eight and eight team make the playoffs out of the East this year. By the way, just I'll take just, that too. Just, just so you, Matter of fact, as long as we just, in the as long as we in the playoffs. Danny, Danny you want to go ahead and hit this? Hit this. Just 
the man, hold on, wait, which one is it, church? As long as we in the playoffs, or do we have to have a 9-7, 10-6 at least record? Which oh, one what's is the, it? I mean, what's the difference? If we're 9-7 in the playoffs, that's cool with me. There, that, that, that should break it down enough for you. If we're 9-7, and and what if we 6-10 in the playoffs? Does that, does, does that, is that well, I mean, for you? I mean, if if, if if was a fifth, I mean, like, you put the, you moving the goalposts all over the place. I'm saying, no, look, we're 9-7, and, and we're in the playoffs. I'm going based. The, all right, I'm the lowest we can go is 9-7. What's seven. happening this year? I'm going based on what's happening this year. It's not if. Like, right now, we have so, the division. So, saying, the, so saying he wins. must make it to the playoff. So, he must make it to the playoffs in order for me to see it as a success. Is that a good enough answer for you? No. <laughs> no. I'm saying, what does this team have to look like, man? Can, can they be a six-win playoff team and that be acceptable for you because they made it to the playoffs? Or do they need to look like a real contender at 9-7, and 10-6? Because this year, we have a 5 and They could be, they have to be a contender. They could oh, have to be you. a contender. Thank you. I mean, I, thank you. That's all, that's all I wanted to hear. That's I mean, if you make the playoffs, you're a contender, but okay. All right, go ahead. That's not... Come on, church. Come on, church. That... If you make the playoffs, you're a contender. Is Washington a contender? They're going to be in the playoffs. <laughs> yes or no? That's a yes or no answer, sir. Yes, yes, they're they're contending for a Super Bowl. Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh, he means literally. Look, he means literal. Literal. I mean, okay, look, I that, got you. That is that's Barry Church saying that you know Bucknell University or Toledo makes the NCAA basketball tournament. They're a contender because they got in. Even though Absolutely. they're 15, so, so was New, 15, was so was the New York Giants a contender? Were the New York Giants a contender in, in 2007 and 2011 when they snuck into the playoffs? Were they a contender? What was their record? Seven. They were nine and seven. <laughs> they were nine and seven. And they snuck. Know, did anybody consider them? They got into the playoffs and they ended up winning the Super Bowl. Church, uh, that's what, are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm saying if, 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 if we are if we if we are below 500 and make the playoffs, not nine and seven or ten and six. If we are below 500 in a division like we are now, you you talk, if you bring up the Giants, you got to say that they were two games above 500. I'm talking about really a think this division is going to be is going to have a seven and nine winner again next year. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> that hasn't happened it's, in the past eight, eight, nine years. Seriously, that was that hasn't happened in the past eight, nine years. Crazy. You guys are acting like this happens every season, that the division has a, a terrible person getting to the playoffs. That doesn't happen. Usually it's every year it's, there's a winning record, and those guys are getting the, into the, the playoffs. Last two when was the last time that happened? Barry, the last two seasons, it has been a scrape at the end trying to find a division winner in the NFC East. So, and they, and, all right, so what was the Philadelphia record? They were there eight and eight, nine and seven, right? They were around that. It was, it was, was that a losing it was record? Nine, it was a nine and seven team that ended up you know, winning, scraping together wins down the stretch. There was a point in time where both teams, the Cowboys, were sitting around here and they both had, had bad records. I mean, the NFC East has been bad, the, the worst division in football the past two seasons. The worst division. Right now, nobody's got their own starting quarterback playing. But you're just going to sit up here and assume next year it's going to be better? So you saying Carson Wentz is going to be back to what he was? That Washington's going to somehow Carson Wentz might not even be there next year. I'm, I'm just saying because so, you know. So what I'm saying, is, okay, all right. To break it down, so let's just say this: nine and seven in the playoffs mm-hmm. to make it to make it simple. Nine and seven and going to the playoffs. Thank you, thank to you, make you it church. Simple. That's all. That's all we wanted to know. <laughs> that's all we wanted to know. 
Thank, thank I mean, you, I thought, uh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, D-Mac, go ahead, go ahead. Okay. No, okay. no, 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 you, you said that and then you backed up and said as long as we make the playoffs. That, like, that's two different things. Oh, my gosh. But, go ahead with your point, man. Like, I'm telling y'all, you got to make the playoffs 9-7. <laughs> that's, that's, that's it. Like, what, I mean, what else do you want from me, man? That's it. I've been waiting for that. I've been waiting for that for the last 10 minutes. Okay, so let's, so let's, so let's keep going with this. So let's keep going with this. <laughs> like, I mean, what's the, what's the, what's the, what's the end point of this? Are we, are we going to come to a point or are we just wanted to know what no, I felt like. I mean, what it, that's no, that that's the point because you know me, I like to rewind. So next year when this stuff happened, I, I, I don't, I don't, uh, when you start backpedaling and backtracking, baby, uh, I, I, I want to make sure we got this I, on tape. I wrote it. So down. instead of going with the discussion, we're just, all right, go ahead. All right, all right, okay, all right. 12, 17, all right, let's keep going. Down. All right, let's keep going. Okay, okay. okay, all right. So, 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 so the point is, the point is, Mike McCarthy has to make significant improvement over this year. Uh, in, going into next year, and I'm saying within the next four four seasons, he has to make two playoff runs, and the second one needs to be pretty deep deep off in there, so they'll know that this guy is really becoming a Super Bowl contender. Especially if you sign Dak Prescott to a four year deal, that means you got four years to get this dude uh, to a Super Bowl. Uh, that's what you if you pay out that kind of money, that's what you're expecting, and, and as many times as. As Jerry Jones has gone on his radio show touting um, Mike's successes in the past and the fact that he's won a Super Bowl, yes, uh, Danny, that is, to me, that is the expectation. And Mike McCarthy himself, I'll give him credit. He said, look, we're, we're here to win Super Bowls. If you're not trying to play for the Super Bowl, no reason to be here. So to ask Mike McCarthy to have two good playoff runs with this team and for this team to be in a NFC Championship game I don't think is, is, is an unrealistic expectation at all for him if he fulfills this contract. I, I do not. I think that is minimum what, what should be expected from this football coach. Cool, cool, cool with me. All right, let's, let's take a break. Because, Kool-Aid man over there. Because <laughs> church. What's wrong with Barry? Ain't nothing wrong, man. Y'all acting. Yeah. I'm starting to see. Go ahead. Go ahead, Louis. Go ahead. I'm starting to see a trend with you. I think every show you say something a little bit out there that makes us say, wow. Yesterday you posed a question that made me say, wow, really? Barry's thinking that? Let's dive into what you wanted to talk about yesterday. We didn't give enough time to because this, this may take a little bit here to unpack between you, uh, McCray, and I. We'll do that next on the Players Lounge right here on DallasCowboys.com radio. It's game day. You know what that means. First, kebab prep. Steak, pepper, onion, steak, pepper, onion. Next, a counterclockwise lap around the room. Now, the lucky grease-stained jersey goes on. And lastly, the dance. You know the one. This is a game day ritual no matter where you are. Whether you're traveling to the game or watching from your favorite vacation spot, book a place to stay on Hotels.com and keep the tradition alive and well. Hotels.com. Proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. 
where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery today. To the Players' Lounge. Hey, give the gift of Cowboys this holiday season with a membership to Dallas Cowboys United, presented by Globe Life. For a limited time, get a commemorative, established 1960 lapel pin with your fan pack. Membership start at just $20. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash United to join today. And remember, the Cowboys were founded in 1960, so that is why the lapel says established in 1960. Just letting you know for you young kids out there. This is the Players' Lounge brought to you by Hotels.com. I'm Newey Scruggs, longtime Cowboys reporter, joined by two former Dallas Cowboys safeties, Barry Church and Danny McCray. Uh, this has been a very rough year for the Cowboys and, and a tough year for Ezekiel Elliott. In fact, uh, the young running back's worst season in his career. A lot of factors have gone into that. Yesterday when we were formulating topics, one topic we didn't get to that Barry had put forth was um, in the offseason, do you consider putting Ezekiel Elliott on the trading block? Church, follow up on the thinking there. Do I consider it? Uh, I mean, you know, it depends what the right offer comes. I mean, if somebody comes along and just says, you know what, hey, we want these guys talent. We're willing to, to break bread with you guys. What do you guys think? I think you hear him out. I don't think, you know, I think you don't go out there and say, no, he, this guy's untouchable. This is our, this is our horse. This is our backbone of our team. I, I don't think he, I don't think he's got that right now. So if somebody were to come with, say, a first round offer or anything like that, even a second, do you consider it? I do. I don't know about y'all, but I think I consider it. Listen, Nui called me crazy a few weeks ago when I said this. Look, if Mike McCarthy's not going to use him how he needs to be used, then yes. Go ahead and let Tony Pollard spin, draft you a guy in the later rounds to be the backup running back, and, and move on from Zeke. Because if you're not going to use the guy like he's been used, the reason why he got the $90 million, then, then why have him here? Why, why keep paying him? The same, the same thing goes for all the other players that get paid $70, 80000000 million and not getting the correct usage. If you're not going to use these guys and they're just going to sit here and collect $10, 15000000 million a year, then you need to find a way to get some value out of them because this offensive scheme is just not fit for Zeke right now and the way that he's used to uh, to, to handling the ball and, and, and using the running game. So I don't think it's crazy uh, if Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore aren't going to use him how he needs to be used. All right, gentlemen. Um, I'm just going to go straight to the numbers, okay? This is a numbers question. And the way the Cowboys have set up their numbers, you can't cut it. You can't even trade them. Um, it would cost you in dead cap hit money, okay, dead cap hit money in 2021, $24.5 million to get rid of Zeke And then in 2022, it is $10.8 million. Your realistic out to get away from Ezekiel Elliott 
is 2023. That's that's what the Cowboys have done to themselves. So 2021, 2022, the way you've set this contract up, you you've basically tied this guy to the to the team. Uh, give his agent uh, Rocky Arsenault a lot of credit. The Cowboys are stuck with number 21. So to me, the conversation really you got to have if you're Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones is you go down there to Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore and you let these guys know um, we're not getting out of this deal for two years and I need you to figure out how to use. It. Uh, I heard somebody talking about trading Amari Cooper in the offseason. And I said, you know what, guys? Whenever you have these conversations, please go look at the dead cap hit money. Amari Cooper, for the it's basically a two-year deal. It's this year, next year. After that, you can get out of the money. That with these deals, and basically all these deals, you got to find what's the exit point on these deals where you're not killing your cap. And the deal here for Ezekiel, man, you're stuck. That, that's really what it is. You're stuck. Well... What, what, we got to find a way to better like, use them. Because right now, I mean, what yeah. is he getting? 12 carries? 12 carries a game? Go ahead, dude. Yeah, and that, that, that's the only reason that the questions being answered are being raised, though, is because not, not of them and their talent. We know Amari Cooper can go out there and catch 10 balls a game. We know that uh, Zeke, if, if given the right opportunities, he can go out there and get 95, 100 yards a game. The question is only being raised because of the plays that are being called. So, like you said, uh, Nui, the, the point is, if you're not going to use the guys, then get them out of here. But the fact that you can't get them out of here and, and, and really have your team survive as far as cap-wise, then you need to go down and have a real discussion with your offensive coordinator and the guys who are putting the passing game together and let them know that you want to see this amount of usage from these guys because they gave them a whole year and they never caught on to it. And, and, and I go back to just, just take it, uh, stay in the division and look over at Carson Wentz. I'm looking at Carson Wentz's dead hit number, um, dead cap hit number for 2021. It is $59.2 million. You know, so the, the situation for the Eagles is truly, how do you fix this dude? So maybe they end up firing Doug Peterson. And I know that may surprise some people to hear because he won a Super Bowl. But if you can't get anything out of, uh, of Carson Wentz, and this coach doesn't think he can get anything anymore, then you better go find somebody who can. Because this is a $60 million hit you simply can't take. And you start looking at these numbers for Cooper. You start looking at these numbers for Ezekiel, even Tyron Smith. You better find some folks who can figure out how to get the best use of these players. And you're getting ready to tie yourself up deep with Dak Prescott. You've got to get people in here from a coaching standpoint who can figure it out. I heard Mike Lombardi say this on his podcast. He's like, hey, if you got a $40 million problem, why not spend $10 million on the guy to fix it? And right now, when you start looking at Ezekiel Elliott and then what you're going to end up paying Dak Prescott, um, if Kellen Moore is not the guy to get this right, then maybe you tell Mike McCarthy, I need you to fix it. But somewhere along the way, they've got to get a return on investment for their money with these players because these players are going to be here. That, that, that's really the bottom line. You're stuck with well, these guys. So you better figure listen, out how to get something out of them. I, I'm, no, I'm no contract guru, so I'm going to ask you a question about the, the dead cap money versus being able to be traded. So you're saying if, if they are traded, that, that money still stays on us as dead cap money? This is the money that you've agreed to. And look, and I'll say this, nobody's going to trade for this contract. I mean, for instance, if you want to trade for Carson Wentz's money, you're going to have to trade for all this cash and nobody's going to sit up here and pay these numbers. Um, 
it's ludicrous if you start to look well, at well, Carson it. Carson so Wentz is, is a little is worse. It's a little it's a lot worse than the other guys that, that we mentioned. You're looking at 59. But but I, but I'm asking, are they able to trade them and then still not have to take that dead cap hit? Like once you once you come up with a deal, I think all, all of that is gone off of your cap. Um, no, well, it doesn't work like that. I'm saying, okay, so if you trade him, that dead cap. No, the dead cap. The dead. The dead go, cap go ahead, Chris. is your signing bonus. So they do your signing bonus. They spread it out over so many years. So what happens is if you trade the person, all those years that it was spread out over gets backlogged to that year. Accelerate into one. Yes. So it doesn't accelerate. Okay. Um, going in here, looking at dead cap hit money on Zeke is 24.9, 10.8 over the next two years. Then 20, and then you basically got it out after 2023. Um, just looking at his base salary money, just base salary money for 2021 is $9.6 million um, with a cap hit of 13.7. He's got a signing bonus of 1.5 and an option of 2.6. Um, and then next year, you get looking at a base salary of 12.4 million. Uh, signing bonus of 1.5 million, option of 2.6 million for a cap hit of 16.5. If we just look and ask ourselves these in, in today's NFL and looking at Ezekiel Elliott, would it be wise for you to trade a first round pick and take on this money, or would it be better for you to go ahead and go into the draft and try and get somebody? Or heck, you could even sign some dude right now. I'm not saying Le'Veon Bell is going to be the answer for a team, but you know you can go find some guys to run the football. Kyle Shanahan has done that, ended up going to a Super Bowl. So I just think Ezekiel Elliott and his trade value is not what some people may think it is. Because you look at this dude now, you, you, you guys have talked about it. doesn't look as quick as he used to. The numbers are down here. Uh, he's already not practicing today because he's, he's got the lingering effects of the calf issue. Offensive line's not as good. I mean, I, I just don't think that he's anywhere close to being a tradable piece for what you think you might be able to get for him. Uh, yeah, look, I, like I said, I, I I don't think we should trade him. Uh, if you, it don't matter what running back you get up here in this offense. If you if you don't run him and give him enough carries, give him enough touches, then we're gonna be saying the same thing about the next guy as well. So the solution is, you know, have Jerry or somebody go down there and talk to McCarthy and Kellen Moore and let them know that these guys need to be uh, need to be used so they get a return used. on their investment. And, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. You, you you've got to use the talent and, and look. If Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore want to go back to the playoffs, I would think the wisest thing to do is figure out how you can utilize 21 to make your offense an offense where your quarterback is throwing for no more than 30 passes a game and then running the football um, between Pollard and, and Ezekiel Elliott 27 to 28 times a game. It's something that can be done and, and doable. So they, they've, they've got to figure that out next year. To me, that's one of the biggest things that needs to be worked out on this football team is trying to figure out how to become more, balance out the run and pass. These 40 times and 50 times and you got your quarterbacks passing, it's a losing recipe for the Dallas Cowboys. You can just go down the list and look at the record of Dak Prescott, Tony Romo, uh, when these guys are throwing 40-plus times a game. There's usually L's that, that, that come with that. So it's pretty, pretty uh, to me, it's pretty scary when you start throwing up those numbers. By the way, speaking of scary, um, let me, with all sincerity, give my best wishes to Jason Garrett. Um, he's got COVID. Giants offensive coordinator has COVID. And 
Um, it, it is nothing to joke about. It is, it's something to take very serious. And so I hope Jason uh, can get over it and, and, and be back in good shape. We've seen a lot of guys in, in the NFL who have overcome it, but you know, Jason is uh, you know, Jason's not he's not a player. He's not a young guy. I mean, Jason is in his 50s. So I'm, I'm hoping he's he, he's a OK on this, guys. Yeah, definitely. Uh, best wishes goes out to Garrett out there, man, in New York. Uh, like you said, man, he's, he's not the youngest of the guys, but I mean, he's a great guy. So hopefully he's able to, you know, pull through through this and uh, he'll be back on the sidelines coaching soon. Yeah, uh, same here. Gotta- you know, wishing for a speedy recovery from him and, uh, you know, hope, hope everything goes well, man. That COVID is serious. So everybody just make sure you stay safe out there. All right. We got Thursday night football. The uh, Las Vegas Raiders are hosting the Chargers. What looks like to be the last couple of games for Anthony Lynn as head coach. The Raiders are a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Church, who you got tonight? Uh, I need a big game. I need a big game out of Herbert tonight uh, for the fantasy playoffs. So I got to go with my guys out in Chargers land. So for me, I got to go Chargers 27, Raiders 21. Mm, uh, you know what? I, I'm going Chargers as well, but I'm going 31-28. Uh, The Raiders have lost a lot of starters. I think they're down like four or five starters. I don't know if it's COVID-related or injury-related, but they're down a lot in their secondary. So, got to have a big day out of Herbert. Got to. Well, well, well. Gentlemen, I I hate the fact that there's a lack of faith in the new defensive coordinator for (laughs) Vegas, who I am going to go ahead and bet on. All right, I'm sticking with you, Rod Marinelli, getting the ship turned around, getting effort turned around, and I'm going with the Raiders to take it tonight, 30-24 to 24 in this football game. So, Raiders at home, favored by three and a half. Rod Marinelli comes through, 30-24. Boom, Raiders. Like that? You like that? Does, does, does Jeff Heath get it another is- interception this week? Man, I hope so. I said, I hope not. I hope not. I hope Herbert tortures the boys for about 330. But, you know, it's crazy how quick the tables can turn. I mean, a couple weeks ago, I mean, the Raiders were out there in Kansas City. I think he picked off, you know, Mahomes a couple times. And everybody was hooting and hollering about this Raiders defense. And now, look, the D.C., he's on his way. He's fired. I mean, it's just crazy how things can turn so quick in a season like that, man. It is that, man. That, that, that's, how, that's how it goes. But that's why you got to play the 16, man. December football, and you guys have played. December football is where, you know, we start to separate the men from the boys out here. And to me, I think December is also where you decide, you also see who can coach. You know, can you coach your guys to keep improving and getting better? But, you know, just, there's a lot of truth to be told about your football team in December and, and, and who you've developed and where you're going with your program. Because that's when, to me, that's when these things start to get won. All right. It is 15 after. That is our show. Chris Bean, producer. Great job today. Church, McCray, always fun to chat with you. We'll give our predictions for 49ers and Cowboys tomorrow. Remember, it is a noon game on Sunday at Jerry World, not a Sunday night football game. Don't be upset by it because, as Jalen Smith said, quote, if the owner's cool with it, we ain't tripping. We good. All right. Talk tomorrow right here on (laughs) DallasCowboys.com. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?